Hello and welcome back to the Couple's Guide to Stranger Things podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And we're just a couple of super fans who met through our love of Stranger Things. In today's episode we have just watched and we are now going to review chapter four, The Body. Shall we dive in? Not like Will did. <laughs> so we start the episode at the buyer's house um, Hopper is there and so is Agent Powell and or Deputy Powell I think it's Deputy I, think it's I, Deputy. I don't know for sure I'm making them all so. agents here <laughs> <laughs> although in this episode Hopper is very agent oh yeah <laughs> yeah he's uh, very much on his A game try, trying to do his best for Joyce absolutely but it is interesting to see that side of him and speaking of sides of him actually in these first scenes um, as I say, they're at the buyer's house and Hopper is explaining to Joyce that they found Will's body and they're running theory on how he has ended up in the quarry. Yeah. And I've got to say, like, from a visual and audio kind of point of view, from the special effects, I really respect the way they have it like his voice is echoed. Yeah, when she's not paying attention. Well, she's not... Well, even not paying attention or, like... She can't take it in because she's just so in disbelief and like, no, this can't be possible. I think... And it's like echoes around her, what he's saying, and I just think that's so... Yeah, just a really good piece of media. I think she's not focusing because she doesn't believe it at all. Yeah. Like, she knows that Will's alive, and I I imagine she's just running through her mind of how she's going to find him, how she's going to get to him. Yeah. How... Could he be talking through the lights? Where is he? Tr- where is he? Yeah, you know, and that's a good point as well because at this moment she has only had any kind of theory that he's alive through him talking through the lights. Yeah, and she hasn't physically seen him or heard, or no. really heard him except for a little Braving bit of the moment. Through the phone, um, yeah. So, do you think at this point it's her kind of mother's instinct that she knows her child is not dead, or? potentially a lot of people that have grief would just refuse to believe well this is it like hopper i'm sure that's one of the things hopper says he does yeah is that it's grief playing you know being an ass to her mind yeah um so making her see things because he says that he could see sarah his daughter yeah um and Joyce actually says, no, but you're talking about grief and this is different. Yeah. But the way she kind of That's demonstrates right. herself is very much the same. It, this is the problem. Like, And she knows it because she says herself that she sounds crazy. Yeah. She knows how she looks. Yeah, yeah. But again, she knows what she's seeing is factual. Yeah. That these lights are talking. And, I mean, thing is... Who says it's Will at the moment? Yeah. We don't know if it's another person's ghost. No, exactly. So I think you've got to put it down to that mother instinct, maybe, or just that pure willpower, ironically, <laughs> that Will is not dead. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, yeah, I, I truly think it's just that mother's gut and that pure willpower to not give up yeah. on your child. Yeah, I I agree. I think so too. And kind of, again, not giving up, we then move on to um, Mike in the basement with Elle. 
this hurts. Yeah, it does hurt because obviously Mike is in a is grieving yeah. at this moment and he's looking at photos that Will has clearly drawn and Ellie's got that annoying static going on while she's yeah. trying to obviously communicate with Will but to Mike he thinks she's probably just playing. Yeah. Being nosy, all of that. And um, he does say some hurtful things. Oh, he does. And I had said to you, didn't I, that I noticed she doesn't even react when he's saying things like, are you deaf? You know, like when he's saying, can you be quiet and all this stuff. She's not reacting. And it's very sad because I almost feel like that's because she's just so used to being taught to negatively. Yeah. That that doesn't affect her at all. But what does affect her is the words that she does truly understand. And that's when he says, I thought we were friends. Yeah. Friends don't lie to each other. You've hurt me. Yeah. And you can just see it in her face, in her eyes. Yeah. That, that she needs to fix that now. Yeah. Sort of thing. And what I was saying is, I commend her for even wanting to help after he said all those things. Because yeah. Yeah, she hasn't really got anywhere to go. She knows that this is definitely the safest she's ever been. Yeah. And probably ever will be. But at the same time, after you said all that, you wouldn't even blame her for being like, all right, I'm going to go then. No, exactly. See ya. But But you also have to commend Mike for immediately going back to believing her. As soon as he hears Will's voice. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Because... I'm going to use Lucas as an example because obviously, particularly in these episodes of the first season, he doesn't trust Al in any shape or form. And I've said this season is the season of wanting to punch Lucas in the face. (laughs) And with Al in these scenes, you know, yes, we can hear Will um, singing. Yeah. But Lucas could easily be like, he, he knows she's got powers. He's seen what she did with the door. She led them to Will's house when she didn't know where he lived. Yeah. He could be like, are you cruel? Why are you playing Will's voice? You know? Yeah, that's, yeah, I suppose you Especially could imagine because, that. Yeah, Will doesn't answer. Yeah, I suppose that's it. You could, on his perspective, think that she's just producing his voice out of nowhere. Yeah. R- rather than channeling it. Yeah, because she's got powers. And, but Mike immediately believes it and, and I like to think that's because he never truly gave up hope like like yeah. um, Joyce yeah. like, he's never truly given up hope he's that kind of character so he just dives straight back in yeah because she has produced some sort of evidence <laughs> yeah yeah and that is what I do commend because we are back to believing now and we're going to do something about this yes exactly yeah and I think we go on really from here. Some of the big moments of this episode, of course, is the viewing of Will's body is next. And that's with Joyce and Jonathan. Um, but we also see Hopper, don't we, get start to get some suspicions. Yeah, as, as he's talking to the receptionist yeah. in that um, building. Yeah, as they're saying, um, it hasn't been the same since whatever his name, I can't remember left the person who would have done the autopsy yeah if he wasn't told the bugger off um and then he's told that someone from state must have done the autopsy instead yeah and you can see his eyes going suspicious definitely as soon as they say that because 
all of this suspicious stuff has happened. You know, the lab has shown them false tapes yeah. to lie about something. And then they pull out this body. He's heard that... I know this is mentioned later on, but he's heard that apparently the quarry is state-run and all of that. I don't know if he does that investigation after this, probably, actually. Yeah, he does, because that's when he sees the guy in the bar. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm just assuming he did the investigation before that, after this scene here. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, either way, it's... I think he was already suspicious of the lab. But when when someone from state comes and does the autopsy, especially on this case specifically... For a small town, for for what looks like it should be relatively simple, that their working theory is that Will fell in, he's lost his footing, or he hurt himself on his bike and he's he's fallen. Exactly. So that's not that suspicious. So for someone to be brought in is suspicious to Hopper. And for me, I remember the first time I watched this episode between Hopper and what the receptionist had said and Joyce seeing Will's body but just not believing it and asking to see his birthmark. Yeah. I started to get hope. I was thinking, I don't think he is dead. Yeah, I did too. Although, before that as well, can we just mention how good Charlie's... Acting yeah. is there, Charlie Heaton. In the whole episode, really. Oh yeah, because yeah. at the beginning, you know, he's grieving and he's listening to the music, and yeah, yeah, he's got some really poignant moments in this. Yeah, episode. exactly, and the way he reacts when they pull the uh, blanket off of air quotes Will. Yeah. Um, Dummy Will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely amazing. But then, yeah, like you say. Joyce's ability to keep herself contained when she's essentially staring at her dead son's body. Yeah. And she's like, no, I am strong and I will say, show me that goddamn birthmark. Yeah. And that's it. Like, she added fuel to my fire when her and Jonathan are in the street and she's shouting and she's saying, you know, that thing, that that is not my son. Yeah. That definitely had me thinking, I truly believe it because... It never sat right with me when they pulled his body out. Yeah. I was like, this isn't right. Yeah. And I know I said that in the last episode, of course, because that's when we covered it. But it just didn't sit right with me at all. I was like, no, this doesn't... This doesn't seem like the plot point. Yeah, I get you. It doesn't seem like that's the way they're taking it, especially the fact they're only on episode four out of eight. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, if he's dead and that's his body, then what's the rest of the show going to be about? Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Um, And yeah, I agree. As soon as she started saying that, especially because she asked for the birthmark and then charges out like that, they clearly missed it. Yeah. They clearly had not included that birthmark on this dummy. And so, that birthmark missing, you you know for sure. Yeah. You know. And I mean, we, we don't know that, but because we don't see that part of the scene. But yeah, they could easily be like, oh, sorry, man, but because of the quality of his skin now, because, you know, like, he's been in the water for yeah. so long. They could have tried to, I don't know if this is a term in America, but I was going to say fob, fob, him off, fob her off. Yeah. Which is just like... What does that mean? That's like... Um, it's just basically lie to her. Yeah, basically lie to her. Um, if you're not British, <laughs> that's a new bit of slang for you. Yeah. Fobbing someone off. <laughs> yes. 
but we're saying obviously about Charlie's acting in this um, but I also think as a character this is when Nancy really starts to come into her own as well Yes, she has some really good scenes in this yeah she does and I, I especially appreciate when she interrupts Jonathan looking for a coffin yeah um, she's talking about that but then she kind of realises the fact that she has interrupted him while she's looking for a coffin yeah well, he's looking for a coffin, sorry, for his brother. Mm. And I think she's rambling on and then suddenly it kicks in her head what she's done. And she's like, God, I'm terrible. I will just leave. I know, but but I think she's just so set on her mission. Yeah, she is. And that's it. She didn't realise what she was doing for a moment. Yeah, like she got a, blindsided. She did get blindsided by the whole, what if Barb is still around? Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that it suddenly clicked in her head where they were, what he was doing, and then suddenly she's coming in and everything. Yeah. And the fact that she was like, I shouldn't have come here, I'll just, I'll just leave. Yeah. But it's Jonathan then that keeps hold of her. Yeah, because and, it, and it's probably wants an escape. Yeah, I think so, because at the moment you can tell Jonathan is feeling like, well, he, in his mind, his mother's gone absolutely loopy. Yeah. And he's the one having to be the adult now, even more than he has been before, you know, cooking breakfast, getting Will up, having to work overtime to get money in. Even more than that, his mother's gone completely loopy now, so he's having to arrange his brother's funeral, get his brother's coffin, all completely wrong. Well, that's it, because at this point, he does believe that that is his brother yeah he does think it's will and like he says to joyce when they have the argument in the street he says i'm not gonna have him like staying in that freezer. i'm not gonna let him stay in that freezer another goddamn day yeah so he he wants to let him rest in peace yeah and so he's having to take on all these responsibilities exactly but yeah from like nancy's like perspective like there's a lot of strong scenes like obviously her with steve where things are starting to crumble a bit in their relationship yeah she's starting to realize uh bit what steve's priority is at this point yeah and that is kind of protecting himself and his friends and Nancy, to an extent, when it comes to alcohol and things like that, he clearly... I don't think he's a heartless person at all. No, I, I don't but think he's taking it seriously, uh, no. what's happened to Bob, like Nancy is. No, exactly, that's it. He's not seeing the bigger picture. No. And, yeah, exactly, his priority is forgetting the fact that Bob's missing and could be, could be dead. Yeah, and obviously Nancy feels like no one's listening to her because obviously she's had that scene with Steve where... He's not really listening to what no, she's trying not. to say. And then she's tried to speak to the police. And again, they don't seem to be taking things seriously They'd, at yeah, all. Yeah, they don't care about anything other than the fact that she slept with him. Yeah. And obviously they do mention that her car, Barb's car's gone. Yeah. So that's already we're starting to think, wait, some sort of cover up here? Yeah, exactly. Where's her car gone? And there's also, like, the moment where... And I do feel sorry for Karen, but there is the moment where as soon as Karen gets Nancy home, the first thing she says is, you know, do you expect me to believe that you two were just upstairs and this? And and Nancy has to admit that she slept with Steve. And so I do get it. Nancy feels like no one's listening. But we, we did have a bit of... 
and I sympathy get... for Karen, didn't we? Oh as well? yeah, yeah. You have sympathy for Karen because she is trying her best, yeah, to be a mother to these kids of hers. But at the same time, I'm fully with Nancy in that. So what? That she slept with Steve. Yeah. That does not matter in this context about Barb. How does it matter? Yeah. Like, yeah. If fair enough, if Barb was in any way jealous in the sense of wanting Steve for herself. Yeah. But we know she never was. No. And yeah, they could be like, well, she might not have just ever told you. Yeah. She might have just hidden it, but oh, no. they, oh, they old British men, are they? Well, I'm I'm not putting on an American accent and insulting pretty sure 99% of our viewers. <laughs> so they will have to have the Bojo accent for now. An old old man. Yes. Old British man. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. They, for all they know, she was jealous of Steve, uh, Steve and Nancy. Yeah. And so she ran off and threw a hissy fit. But, but that's it. Nancy knows Barb, doesn't she? And she knows that is so out of character for her. She, knows she would never do uh, that. Th- this is it. She's judging Nancy for being in this relationship with a jock. Yeah, because so, Barb wouldn't do anything like no, that. No, exactly. And I mean, in Barb's own words, this is so not you. Yeah. Nancy as well. This isn't you. But either way, yeah. So you've got to feel sorry for Karen like you say but at the same time you just so feel sorry for Nancy because nobody is listening to her no you know the thing is she's starting to sound sort of along the insanity lines as Joyce because yeah they're they're kind of running along the same parallel yeah that there's this person without a face and suddenly her car's missing and all that and yeah in that sense of being there with Jonathan the fact that Jonathan sort of clung on to her like you say maybe you need that escape yeah but she's so lucky in that sense because I don't know what she would have done if he didn't I know yeah Um, but then yeah I think as you say he's more I don't understand really where it came from for him to do that because in his mind his mother's gone insane so unless Nancy's already mentioned that this person ran around in the woods and all that and he's like what if yeah the fact that he then lets her go on and sort of hints at the belief of this person without a face yes as I say Nancy's lucky in this because I don't know where she would have gone without no no that's it he he must have had like some sort of like inkling because you see him sat on the on the bench and, and Nancy is walking away and then he's like what did he look like yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, like, it must have been just a little gut feeling of what if. Yeah. What if mom's not gone yeah, crazy? Yeah, crazy. What if she is serious? Yeah. And all of this is some weird supernatural thing going on. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm so glad for Nancy that from now she's not on her own. No, she's not. She finally has someone. And I mean, yeah, yeah she has Jonathan. I, I'm i trying to think in the future. Does, they don't go to Joyce and say, you're right and all that. We believe you now, do they? It's really funny you say that because I was, I, run, I was just thinking that and I was just about to say, but it's such a shame that they don't go to poor Joyce and I say, listen, we believe you, we're looking into it. Yeah, <laughs> the only person that 
really needs this confirmation that no, you've not gone insane. Yeah. What you're seeing is true. Look, here's the picture of the thing you see. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that is. <sighs> that is such a shame because. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe it wouldn't have built the relationship between Jonathan and Nancy that's come in, but maybe with you know the mum in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Potentially, but I I do think that. I think it's poor a, Joyce's I know, sanity, I, think I it's wish a, they had. Yeah, I think it's a bit cruel of Jonathan to not immediately go to his mother and be like, okay, right, I believe you now. Yeah. You're not insane. I, I understand now that here's the thing in the picture. Yeah. And then, do you think Joyce would have shown it to Hopper? I feel like she would have. I feel like she would have. The fact that she's phoning him saying that this thing came out of the wall. Yeah. And all that, she would have 100%. I have no doubts in saying that. And I'm not even sure if he would have even taken the photo seriously. Because you know like how Jonathan said, you know, oh, it could be something to do with resolution and stuff. Well, he's But I saying, wasn't using a wide lens. Yeah. So maybe Hopper would be like, oh, it's this or it's that. But... I still think for Joyce that would have felt very good to be able to say this is what I've seen yeah Yeah. so I do wish they had involved Joyce I wish they had and yeah that's what Jonathan is Jonathan's clearly doubting what it is in the picture and that's it he's saying it looks like a blur effect from what a wide angle lens would give you but he wasn't using one, so that's out of the equation. And that's why yeah. he says, so I don't know. He can't explain what that thing is. And he does say it's weird. Yeah, exactly. He can't explain it. I suppose it's hard to believe there is this monstrous creature yeah. in the picture that was so close to you. Because at the end of the day, if Barb wasn't bleeding, it probably would have gone for him instead. Yeah. Being that close. That's it. I mean, yeah, literally, Barb bleeding saved like we said we're pretty sure Joyce but Jonathan as well yeah 100% yeah which is obviously bittersweet but it is yeah it exactly is, it's the truth um, so our next scene hmm. is one of our most favourite moments and I don't know about you but for me it's one of my most favourite moments of all time I think so of Stranger Things yeah I think so and that is a beautiful beautiful moment all I've got to say, and you'll all know what it is, just by going... Pretty. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you look pretty good. <laughs> we love this scene so much. So this is obviously Elle getting dressed up, makeuped up, and given a wig so that she can get into the school with the boys and they can go to the Hamshack radio. Yeah. And that whole montage scene of... Mike putting on her makeup <laughs> and she like literally like flinches away and he's like no come on come on <laughs> yeah she's like what the hell are you doing it makes me laugh because he's got like such a face on him like I've done this before don't worry yeah <laughs> <laughs> which I just love and then obviously Lucas finding the dress and Dustin putting on the blonde wig yeah <laughs> it's the most like wholesome scene the yeah. whole thing and then obviously L. Coming out of that bathroom door. <gasps> oh, Mike's eyes. Mike's reaction. Mike's eyes widen, his mouth drops, his eyebrows shoot up. Yeah. And he's in so much shock. And then Justin's like, oh, you look. And then just you, that word ramble just comes out. Pretty. And then he immediately is like, uh, uh, good. Yeah, it does, that's it. For a moment, he's like, yeah, she's pretty. Yeah. And then... Second later, the alarm bell start in his head, and he's like, "Uh oh, yeah. good." 
You look pretty good. And we laughed as well, didn't we? Lucas's Lucas face. Lucas in the background. The staring one. Staring at Mike like, oh my God. You are gone. <laughs> We've lost you. We have lost you. The single eyebrow raise. Honestly, Caleb, if by some weird what the hell are you doing scenario you're listening to this, <laughs> you've always been amazing. Because <laughs> that eyebrow raise is yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, your expressions are always so humorous. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. Like, honestly, like I said earlier, this is the season I wanted to punch Lucas in the face. Not in that moment. No. (laughs) (laughs) Lucas has always been the Malevan ship captain, shall we say. Yeah. Because... Was it last episode? Yeah. Where he was saying, well, we know you want to marry her. Yeah, exactly. And then now... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's funny how perceptive Lucas is yeah. to Mike and Elle's feelings, and yet he is a terrible boyfriend in season three. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it out there, people. We all know it to be true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, indeed. I suppose so. <laughs> Although he it's makes so up weird. for it in season four, bless him. Oh, my God. But, yes, no, all the way go. Let's rewind. We're back to season one. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, we just adore that scene, don't we? And 100%. Then, and then, like, the way when Elle walks up to the mirror, Mike's like, oh, my God. Like, what have I just said? <laughs> and he, like, looks at the boys. He's like, oh, his, like, eyes are all wide. He turns he's them like, oh, oh. panicking at this point. And then Elle repeats his words as she looks in the mirror and... Oh, it's just... I just love it so much. So, yeah. so much. Like I said to you, it's one of my favourite Malevin moments. It doesn't matter that they're not older or mature or no, it's kissing like or hugging or holding hands. It's just such a pure moment. It's pure innocence. It's innocence. But it also... And I feel like Mike has already been falling for Elle, but he hasn't understood what that feeling inside of him is yet. Yeah. This what this seems to be one of those moments in season one where he starts to understand what I that think feeling is. I was going is. to say this I was gonna say the same. I think like I've said before, one of the moments that I thought might have sort of sparked it yeah. was the lazy boy. Bit. Yeah. When but, she when they're both laughing. Yeah, exactly. When for all we know that's her first ever laugh in life yeah and he hears that for the first time but yeah I think when she comes out all dolled up yeah I think like you say it truly sort of slaps him in the face yeah like it it sort of wakes him up in the sense of saying yeah you like this girl yeah and you need to realise that and I want to believe especially because of the moments that they've shared even before this episode I want to believe it's more than just how she looks in appearance oh, in yeah. this I, I genuinely think as well it's how she feels because she, she walks out of that room and almost takes a breath like she can't believe like what she looks like kind of thing and you know what saying comes to mind what? confidence is beautiful yeah and I think she feels that in that moment and oh god exactly she's seeing the person that she could be yeah Um, and do you know what I kind of liken it to I don't know if this is a bit extreme but a bride on her wedding day yeah they always say you're you're never going to look as beautiful as you do on your wedding day and it's because that feeling of 
being completely confident, feeling the prettiest you've ever felt in your life. Yeah. It all rolls into one and makes you shine. Yeah. And that almost felt like a moment of a bride walking down the aisle. Yeah, I get you. I get you. That's it. Elle's never felt pretty in a for a day in her life. No. And then she's been looking at all these pictures of Nancy and Holly um, looking pretty in her mind. Yeah. And then suddenly she's that girl. Yeah. So 100% I think it's just giving her that boost of confidence in that she can be that girl, even if she has to fake it to make it. Yeah. She can be that girl. There's nothing stopping her now. Yeah. And that like rolls into another really beautiful scene where they're biking through downtown Hawkins and she's on the back of Mike's bike and she's looking around and she's got this like lovely little smile on her face. And to me, I don't know if it's the smile is because she's not being noticed because she now looks, air quotes, normal. Or if it's because it's almost like a normal thing to be doing, biking think, down a down a street, you know. I think with her friends. Yeah, I think it's a sense of freedom. Yeah. Because obviously, when she was in the lab, she was genuinely locked up, like locked up. Yeah. And then, technically, she's been that way in the Wheeler house as well because they've had to hide her in the basement. Yeah. And. You know, as much as we want to punch Lucas in the face, he he's right. We don't in... incite violence. <laughs> <laughs> the word is want, not we have or we will. Um, but yeah, either way, Lucas is right in that she stands out like a sore thumb. Yeah. You know, shaves head and all of that. You either think she's not normal or she, like... Like Dustin says, she's got cancer or something. Yeah. So, you know, people are going to look, be staring. And that's so sad, but unfortunately true. And especially because Hawkins is so small. Yeah, exactly. Very much like when she, in season two, when she goes to Chicago, no one bats an eyelid at her. And they, like, literally bump shoulders with her because it's a city everyone's in their own mind everyone's busy everyone's going in every direction exactly but in Hawkins you would stick out like a sore thumb 100% yeah I, honestly I was going to say yeah in season 2 she's got that mop of hair on her head yeah and all of that so she doesn't completely stand out yes she's a kid in the middle of a big city on, a, on her own she should stand out yeah and I was trying to think like if L as she is in season one, mm. was in, it uh, was there, um, looking exactly the same. I wonder if people would have noticed her then. But like I you say, think I think they're have. so lost in their own world. Yeah, because I think she still would have stuck out in season two in that particular scene. Because at that point, she's still very much in like Hopper's clothes and all that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, she hasn't had a I mean, makeover yet. Yeah, and we have that one scene when she comes up to a mother and a kid in the garden. Yeah. And she's asking where school is. Yeah. So she kind of does stand out because this mother noticed her straight away. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, she's just walking around wondering while school should be on. So yeah, she would stand out. But like you say, it's it's a small town. Yeah, You're yeah. You're going to notice them straight away. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, especially where she's come from, the lab, where everyone is staring at her because she is literally, well, all the other kids are gone, so she's the only focus yeah. 
Definitely. That the entire lab has. So she, she may as well have like a red alarm above her head. Yeah, exactly. She is the sole focus of that entire lab. Yeah. So now that she's just a kid on a bike. Yeah. Freedom. Absolutely. That's um, the word I pull out from there. And I just the the scene between not just like Mike and Elle, but with Lucas and Dustin as well. I I really do love in this episode because from the smallest moments of them going down the corridor in the school and Mike saying, right, remember, we've got to be sad. And Lucas and Dustin, like, do, like, cry baby, um, what do you call it, like, symbol or... Yeah. Um, and, like, Elle copies them. Like, they're almost doing, like, a like a sign language kind of thing. Like, they're all, um, she, like, copies them, like, right, okay, yeah, that's how I've got to act. So yeah. all, these moments actually made me smile, you know, like their kind of innocence and silliness. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously um, they see Mr. Clark. <laughs> yeah, and it would be, it would be Mr. Clark, wouldn't it? Yeah. But in a way, they're lucky it is. They as are well. lucky as well because he does give them the keys for later yeah. for the Hamshack Radio. So Al doesn't have to go breaking in. Yeah, but that scene makes me laugh because obviously L is introduced. Um, thanks to Lucas yeah. as Mike's cousin yeah. and then it's like Dustin adds in second cousin and I'm not going to well you know you love who you love <laughs> <laughs> but obviously I don't know if in some countries first cousins are legal or not but I love that well, Dustin says second cousin because it's almost like he's like don't worry Mike I've got you yeah I know you're like this girl so let, I know let's you've just fallen, make it a so bit more me... of a distant family member yeah let me just fix this just in case <laughs> just in case this whole budding relationship between you two goes anywhere yeah I love that so much it makes me laugh and then of course they, they go into the assembly next yeah I was going to say before we do go there with uh, Mr Clark there yeah I appreciate the fact that L even answers when he asks for a name yeah. Um, like, you know, if anything, the school's probably going to sort of remind her of the lab, maybe. Possibly. In a way. And then this adult comes up. I suppose she can see that he's acting friendly and these kids trust him straight away. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the fact that she's confident enough to answer in this yeah. scene. Um, and I mean, yeah, of course, she goes to say 11. Yeah. Um. Without batting an eyelid, how weird that's going to be. Yeah. And then, yeah, bad place. That's so funny. Oh, where are you from? A bad place. Sweden. <laughs> Sweden. Sweden is meant to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, I think I think some of our listeners are from Sweden. Yeah. According to download, so hello. Hello there. <laughs> it's not a bad things. place at all. No, no, I've heard many good things. No, exactly. <laughs> um... So yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, as we say, we go on to the assembly and you can see that all those students are bored. Yeah. They as don't care, which is really sad. It really is. And it's like Mike said, not one of these people probably even knew his name no. before this assembly and all of this started. And it does anger you because it makes you think, like, how many of those students have gone to their teacher and been like, Oh, can I have um, an extension? I I'm on my coursework. I'm just like really upset about Will. Yeah. You know, like how many people have used him as an excuse and, and probably. Yeah, and of course, like Troy and James are 
doing their usual bullying thing and laughing about it, which obviously Mike picks up on, and so does Elle. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you've got to appreciate Elle's just little side stare and immediately linking... Mouth breather, yeah. Mouth breather, yeah. But at the same time, on the side of Troy and James, like, how sick and twisted do you have to be to be laughing over a kid who's died? I know. You know, I don't know. I'm sure they're supposed to be a couple of grades ahead um mm. maybe one two at a push i'm not sure really yeah what their age is meant to be no i'm sure i heard they're supposed to be at least one year older yeah maybe two um but either way you know they're well, that close they should in know age. better yeah well that's it they're either the same age or they're that close in age so again how sick and twisted you have to be to laugh over a kid's death no regardless of if you like them or not it's it, it's the 80s and it's America. Yeah. And Mike is really brave to confront them. Oh, God, yeah. This is a moment where you really see how much Will means to him. Yeah, definitely. In the sense that, yeah, he's been bullied by these two all his life. Yeah. But he is not going to stand for them insulting him yeah. when he's, to all extensive purposes, dead. Yes. You know, it's like you can hear it. His voice saying, "He's literally dead, and you still want to bully him." Yeah. Even when he's dead, he doesn't get a break. Yeah. So this, I think, he finally snaps, and I'm fully on board with him. Yeah, and and again, like you know, they are they're making slurs and stuff, and and you know, they're being homophobic. Yeah. You know, and there's even more, you know, hints at at Will's sexuality and they just can't let it lie and it's like exactly it's, it's just horrible like you say at this moment to them this boy is dead yeah. it doesn't matter what his sexuality was so to be using it as part of a slur like bullying him yeah. beyond, like beyond the grave it's like oh it's ridiculous and it's just the fact that there are people out there like this I know, just sickens you it does but yeah, I was really proud of Mike. But 100%. of course, <laughs> Elle will not let any harm come to him. No. No, no, that's it. Elle's already there protecting his, her boy. Yeah, and what she does, making him pee himself in front of everyone, is pure gold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely gold. And I, yeah, I heard this took so many takes. Did it, really? Apparently. I heard this took so many takes and they were getting fed up of having to wet his trousers constantly. Is it because people were laughing? Probably. I mean, we in the bloopers, there's a, a clip of Mike laughing. Well, Finn. Do you know what? I feel as if... I've seen season one bloopers, but I don't feel as if I've seen the It's a very this. quick flash moment. I feel like I, I want to have a little rewatch of the bloopers now. <laughs> <laughs> it is a literal blink and you miss it bit where he, I think he sort of supposed to be staring at Troy as he's frozen but he snaps and he can't help laughing so he Aww. just looks away from the camera for a second like nope lost it <laughs> <laughs> oh bless him well it would be it is a funny moment it anyway really so is, yeah. to be like I think they were maybe about 12 when they 13 when they filmed it so I think Finn would have been 
13 at the yeah. time. So it's pretty young and you know yeah. it, it's quite a it's quite a moment. It is because this is it. I mean again fantastic actors even Peyton here Troy. Yeah. Acting frozen in place like that. Yeah. Like the the whole thought of I can't move I'm stuck something's holding me back yeah, and I, they, yeah. it's what is holding me back. Yeah. Um it's L. Yep. <laughs> She's got you. She got you. <laughs> and she squeezing your tiny bladder. <laughs> With her mind. <laughs> and then, obviously, we go on to them with the Hamshack radio. And that scene is, like, montaged with Joyce suddenly hearing a banging in the house. Yeah, exactly. That's it. We... We first hear the banging as soon as Elle makes that connection. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it cuts to Joyce hearing it as well. Yeah. And she thinks it's outside. Like, she goes and looks outside and comes back in. And she she knows it's Will, though. Like. Yeah. Well, yeah, she... But, I mean... Does she hear his voice before she starts to rip down the wallpaper? Either I, way. She must do, I think. I think so. How, how funny, we've literally just watched this and we're like, wait, can't remember that bit. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I think it, it all happens very quickly, it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, this Between first bit the happens very quick, yeah. So yeah, she naturally runs outside, as you would. Yeah, The walls yeah. are thin as hell, so yeah. yeah. But then there's nothing there, so she's like, what the hell? Yeah. And but, she runs back in and it's still going on, so naturally then you would pull down the wallpaper. And honestly, you know, as we know, what happens is she sees like this membrane. She can see through it and see Will, and the boys and Elle can hear Will, obviously speaking to Joyce. And this scene just—it really gets me because I just feel so, so sorry for Will. Yeah. Like I well, said, Will and Joyce. Yeah, but, but more so Will because he's Will having to live through the upside down. Trapped on his own, like he says, it's dark, it's so cold. I just Will justice for Will. Will never gets a break. No, he doesn't. In any of the seasons, not even in season three, and he's definitely didn't get a season. Didn't get a break in season four. And we know he's not going to get a break in season five. There's just no, no chance. way. No chance. I feel like he's probably going to be a main character again in season five. I think so. Especially because they said it's going to be like season one. Yeah. Definitely. I think he is going to be. And I mean, he has to be because he's still got this connection. Yeah, he with does. Henry slash Vecna. Slash one. Slash yeah. mind flare. <laughs> <laughs> slash all of them. <laughs> yeah. So either way, like you say, you got to feel so sorry for him because he's oh. so close to home and he's literally begging his yeah. mother to get him out of there. And I'd always hoped, I think, that I was like, oh, why didn't Joyce just pick up the axe quicker? Like tell him to move back and then just start going for it. But the Demogorgon comes so soon. We hear that noise of the Demogorgon so quickly yeah. into the scene that there's just no way. She wouldn't no. have got him out. She wouldn't have got him out. Plus, who is to say that gate spans the entire wall? Yeah. It might be the tiniest little hole that he yeah. never would have got through. Yeah. And then it starts closing up, and I, I don't even want to know what would have happened if his arm was through that gate as it closes. Oh, God. Or even just... Like, oh God, if the Demogorgon had arrived and he's halfway through, you know, he can't even run at that point. Yeah. So, 
yeah I know he couldn't have been rescued then but it is just so sad like you say when he's so close to home when he's so close to his mum yeah oh it's just heartbreaking it really is because that's it later on obviously he's well when they find him he's dead at that point yeah basically do you know what thinking about it as well that scene is really heartbreaking for the boys as well yeah because they're stuck listening to this they are stuck listening to it and I think especially you see it in Dustin's face yeah he looks like he's in tears or close to tears yeah and like you know to be hearing one of your best friends shouting calling and shouting for their mum and you know saying like I said how dark it is how cold it is and it's like home but it's not and yeah oh god I find it odd that they can't hear Joyce when he's when she's so close Mm. but I suppose you know Elle is is linking in to the upside down and so Joyce would be muffled you know so it would be like a very I don't think she background noise yeah I don't think she'd be any more muffled than what Will is while we're in Joyce's point of view point of view but (coughs) obviously we don't know what's in Elle's mind at this point we're not seeing it we know how the void works later on and all of that yeah but maybe this is before she gets the strength to notice other people around the person she's viewing so maybe she is that zoned into Will that she doesn't hear or see Joyce there at all no no so maybe not that's it like the amount of energy it must take for Elle you know it's it's more than she's ever really had to do this is it like as I say in previous episodes I mentioned obviously as they seem to essentially practice they get like so much stronger down the line and it's the same with Elle because in later seasons she's watching people for a hobby yeah. uh, hobby for a hobby <laughs> I mean hobby. not much of a hobby through season 2 she's literally watching Mike open Quarter. his heart out to yeah. her so not much of a hobby there at all but she's doing that daily literally every single day and it doesn't drain her at all Yeah. yet here and maybe it's because he's in the upside down so it takes ten times the effort but it completely drains her you know she's covered in blood down both nostrils Yeah. and my god you can see the veins in her face she has strained herself so much Yeah. to make that connection with Will yeah, she's so weak, bless her. And in she can't that even moment. respond. She can't even say no. I can't move. And it just, it does give you those kind of what ifs because obviously, you know, it takes all her strength and it brings her into the upside down in the final episode. And you just think, oh god, if she had like the power that she has in say season three, it yeah. never would have dragged her into the upside down. And you just think no. about how different things could have been. Yeah, exactly. I mean it's maybe another potential for a what if fic maybe maybe um i'm sure there are actually some like that where she never she never went anywhere i feel like i i've, I've read the, fanfics yeah like there's that. many fanfics where people started straight after season 1 where she yeah. just didn't vanish yeah and or mike found her very very quickly yeah any of those um but it does make you wonder cuz that's it i mean if it was like season two, yeah. you know, she's killing those demodogs no problem. 
Yeah. You know, she's breaking their necks or whatever, flinging one through the window. Why did you throw it through the window, Elle? <laughs> what was that? Maybe her aim wasn't on at that yeah. point. Maybe she was killing more than one and she just flung them in two directions and one's gone through the window. It's like that when you're a kid playing football or whatever, you kick the ball and then you hear a smash and you just freeze in place like... Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just dropped my phone out of nowhere. I'm, I'm holding it and then suddenly I've lost it. <laughs> at least it's not flying through our windows. Yeah. But I'm like, why? I look at it on the floor and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> what are you doing down there, you silly phone? <laughs> Sorry, his, his accents are all over the place. Uh, you went Australian earlier today. I was like, you've gone Australian. You're like, I don't know why. I know. I don't know why. I just I do it all the time. <laughs> so the other part of this episode that we haven't covered yet, which is probably one of the biggest moments, of course, is like we said straight at the beginning about Hopper being an agent in this. Yeah. All of the little clues, him, you know, seeing that man, interrogating him, and that man saying, you're going to get us killed. You know, I was told to cover it up. I was told not to get close to the body. Yeah. This all leads to Hopper going back. Yeah. To the coroner's, I'm guessing, coroner's office. Yeah. Not sure. Um, and, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Can we just appreciate how well he was acting there as well? The whole... Oh yeah, um, I was working with this guy and he told me to come here. Gets the name wrong and he's like, he's pulling the whole, oh that's not his name, what was his name, can you remind me? Yeah. Trying to uh, basically pull a fish, uh, fishing attack in the tech world name <laughs> on him. But um, yeah, he's not giving up so he's like, okay, oh, well. okay, <laughs> fine, you asked for it. <laughs> I'm going to punch you, no, punch you in the face. Out. If you ain't going to give me the name, I ain't going to give you a moments of consciousness left. Yeah, it is really funny, that moment. And then obviously, then turns into an incredibly serious moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where he is viewing Will's body, In air, air quotes. quotes yeah. <laughs> yeah, and again, I keep saying it, but acting. Yeah. Like, my God, David Harbour's acting here. He pulls a whole... I can't believe I'm about to do this. Yeah. So well. And yeah, he pulls the blanket back, sees Will's air quote face, yeah. and he's like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing here? Yeah, and he like walks away for a minute. He like, does I walk can't away. Do he's like, I can't do this. But then it's it's the two voices in your head. He's, he's like, I can't do this, but I have to. Yeah. yeah. If I don't do this, then they might get away with it. Yeah. If I do this and I'm wrong, I'm going to jail. Yeah. So. And I'm not even sure what department is responsible for the dummy of Will. But my God, they did do a great job. They did a great job. If they missed that birthmark or not, they did a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, well. Well, I'm talking about the actual production. Oh, I, well, when you said Rather department, than... I thought it meant the lab. Because <laughs> I was then just going to say, never mind the lab in the fictional world. Can we just talk about the the, the dummy exists? Yeah. It was real. I mean, I suppose, yeah, I'm giving kudos to both of them, really. Yeah. Because, yeah, if the lab have created that, fair play, lab. But, yeah, the actual production, I think it's so good. It's insane how good it is. Yeah. And, I mean, I know they obviously modelled it off Noah. Yeah. You know, that that's real but yeah the f- fact that it came out that good to the point that there was that video that they s- I think they sent it to Noah's mother of them quickly like 
spinning to it saying hey no and then punching it in the face yeah it was the Duffer Brothers wasn't it they punched him in the face <laughs> I can't remember if it was the Duffers oh, or God. if it was Sean Levy but no yeah it, it was so good to the point where even though I was back on board with like Will is alive Will is alive yeah I saw that dummy and I was like oh god don't yeah. stab him don't stab him because what if it really is Will that, but this is it this is Oh, the whole thing of turning around and be like, I can't believe I'm about to do this. Yeah. Because that's it. If if I'm wrong, I'm about to cut into this boy's stomach. Yeah. First of all, I I have to deal with that. Yeah. Second of all, I can't undo this. No. You know, no. if I'm wrong and I pull out intestines. Yeah. Oh God. Then. You know, they know full well that it's going to be me doing this. So, yeah. off still, I go to jail if I'm wrong. I'm still curious because obviously he does stab into the body, um, which oh, I mean, it's disgusting anyway. But I hate belly buttons, so the fact that he goes through the belly button, I'm like, why? Um, but yeah. he does stab the body, and obviously finds stuffing, and. That did make me think in the sense of does no one check it afterwards because they see someone's cut into it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, how, what are they doing funeral wise? Because they bury that thing, surely. Yeah. So, unless, obviously, because they know it's not a real body, the people that are kind of protecting it, yeah. maybe they don't see his stomach again. Maybe they just shroud him up now, you know, or something. Maybe. For the coffin. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, but either but way... <laughs> there's now a big line through his stomach. And a load of stuffing pulled out. That wasn't there before. So, yeah, it did make me think about that. And then a little part of me does think... Again, we're, I'm skipping episodes here, but... Hopper is obviously... Well, he goes of his own accord into the lab. But he is obviously caught by them. So, potentially, they know at that point that it was him. Yeah, I think you know. it's obvious. He's the only one that's been going anywhere near them. Yeah, and obviously that police officer that he punches is going to come round and will say that, you know, the sheriff... I'm sure the first thing he's going to check is probably the body and see this. Yeah. So I think he's one of going to call back in. to the lab, yeah. Yeah, he's going to phone home and be like, right, he's you know, seen Hopper's it. He's seen, seen it. it. Yeah. So, and then they capture Hopper. And I, I don't know, maybe they say, right, we'll... Use what you've got and stitch it up or something. Yeah. Because that's it. They they obviously have to bury that body. And yeah. I can only assume in that scenario they're going to see him before the coffin's sealed up. Maybe, maybe not. I can honestly imagine Joyce wouldn't because she doesn't believe it's him. Yeah. Jonathan now might be a bit too distracted. Yeah. And, you know, he is doubting whether that is Will or not now. So, yeah, potentially they won't see him again. But as well as that, I'm sure I know, I'm sure it's a thing over here. I don't know if it's in America and obviously in the 80s. You need a few... I'm sure you need multiple people um, who are qualified enough to say this, but I'm sure you need an absolute confirmation from people of that kind of job to say, yes, this body is dead. I confirm it's dead. You are able to bury it. To prevent burying alive well the thing is that the people that have signed it off are obviously you know they are with the they know what the conspiracy is or whatever the word would be yeah so you think like they've got it's all you know 
like they've got a coroner from states to do the whole autopsy yeah. and then you it's think all, they pull more from off. the lab to say yeah. yes it's dead yeah go ahead it's all signed off isn't it it's all that's what i'm trying to say it's all covered up yeah they they all know that yeah and i mean obviously we see hopper as the episode ends he's breaking in through the fence to the lab and a part of me is like gosh why didn't he poor joyce honestly no one talks to poor joyce no um like why didn't he go to joyce and like tell her you're right this isn't your son the only thing that i think is just that he's worried about her being bugged probably at this point already well either that i know he does later I, i just remembered in the next episode i'm sure he's looking for will in the lab He's yeah. calling out Will's name. He thinks they've kidnapped him yeah. for some reason. So perhaps he wants to be able to hand Will over to Joyce. Yeah, he wants like, rather than show up and he's still missing. <laughs> yeah, I think he just wants to be the hero at this point. He know he, in his mind he knows the lab has Will, so he just wants to break him out of there and then yeah, show up mm. with her boy and be the hero. And again, he's probably just in too deep at this point. You know what oh, he has he just experienced. Um, with that body, he's just like, right, I need to understand what the hell is going on. Exactly. Because that, that's it. In his mind, he knows full well that they've got Will. Yeah. And he needs to get him out of there because what are they doing with him? Yeah. At the end of the day, what is what is he there for? Yeah. So he just wants immediately to break him out. I, I suppose I fully understand that. Yeah. But again, yeah, I do, I do. poor choice. Never being told anything. <laughs> yes, that poor woman. Honestly. But, yeah, I think, really, that covers everything from this episode. Nearly. There was one more bit I wanted to say just before... Well, no. Yeah, just before he's cutting the fence open. Yeah. It obviously cuts away from him walking away from the body like, okay, it's fake. Yeah. It cuts away to Joyce sitting in the room and then the lights um, come through the window. I immediately thought that was him going to tell Joyce. That would be very quick. <laughs> well, no, it's obviously, it's a jump cut. Yeah. You know, it's a jump cut. So I thought it jumped to him pulling up to Joyce. Yeah. Ready to say, it's fake. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, okay, you were right. Yeah. We're on. Game on now. But no, of course it's Lonnie. Of course it's Of course it's Lonnie. And, you know, the fact that he pulls up and says, what the hell happened? And, I mean, yes, there's a gaping hole in the house now, and that, I suppose, doesn't make much sense coming from his side of things, but at the same time, what the hell happened? Your son is, quotes, dead. Yeah. What do you think happened? She's losing her mind. Absolutely. As you should be, as any father. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a deadbeat dad, isn't he? He is. But more on him next episode. Yes, indeed. Oh, dear me. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And we really do appreciate your support so, so much. And, yeah, it's just nice to know that there's people out there that are actually interested in what we're saying. (laughs) Honestly, the fact that... Yeah, the fact that there are people listening to this and willingly going through each episode rather than just hearing the one and be like, "Eh, okay. Yeah. It's great. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Wherever you are, whoever you are. Yes. Well, we'll see you again on Friday. We'll be back with episode five. Indeed. Again, we don't know the name. No, not right now. (laughs) Although I did guess the last one correctly, but I don't even have a a hunch on this one. No, I can't think of it. (laughs) No. Until next time, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.